This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, welcome to the Edge of Innovation. I'm Paul Parisi, and today we're going to be listening to our third part of our All right, so you do radiation testing too. Now that sounds exciting slash scary. How do you do that? So we have there are essentially three basic different types of radiation. So I run you through each of those three. So okay. The first one is gamma radiation. Yeah, so let's. Yeah. Ray, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that was the Hulk, right? That's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. So all the components turn green and. Yeah. So yeah, I see some of your employees running from the building like that. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> so the basic gamma, you have a radioactive source which essentially looks like a pencil shrouded by lead. Okay. And then you lift the lead up and it emits radiation. I see. And you you put your parts in in the path of that radiation. Right. And you can measure the dose that that it receives. All right. And that's called total ionizing dose. Okay. And that's the different the gamma radiation. That's one of the three types. And you can do high dose rates, so you can do very quick rate of exposure. Okay. Or you can do a slower dose rate. I see. We don't see any difference, so we do the higher dose rate. Of course, because so it's faster. faster. Then we have uh, displacement damage, which mm. is essentially neutrons. Okay. So bombard these with a flow of neutrons, and that essentially is like trying to see whether the neutrons actually displace the lattice, the crystal I see. and the things, causing the electrical defect, right. and therefore non-functionality of the part. We actually do both of those things locally. The okay. neutron, uh, the displacement damage in the University of Lowell, and the gamma radiation in a local company out in Chelmsford. Oh, cool. And then the third one is ion bombardment, essentially. So it's called single event effect. Okay. So different types of single events effect. But right. Basically, we, we look to see, we go down to Texas A&M. Texas, uh-huh. I think it's Agricultural Mechanical University. Yeah, I think it's Agricultural Mining, actually. Mining. But, okay. yeah. I just see the bills. I know. I understand. <laughs> so we, we go down to Tamu, uh-huh. and we use this cyclotron. Mm-hmm. So they have this almost like a big washing machine. Mm-hmm. Lots of different ions and atoms. Wow. They accelerate them around in, in a circle, and then basically they open a open a door, and certain ions of a specific weight leave. So you can, by opening the door at different energy levels, so to speak, you can tune it in so that different ion species come out. So Interesting. You test with two different ion species, uh-huh. xenon okay. and gold. Oh. So we fire gold at our devices while they're biased. And that's the same as if you if you get a you might get a swimming pool full of ping pong balls. Uh-huh. You get a bowling ball and you throw it in. Oh, interesting. To simulate. Okay. To see how that affects the, the structure. And uh, so you're doing these because I would imagine there's some mapping to real world events. It's the closest we can get on Earth to maybe an ion that's floating around in space, like uh-huh. a solar flare, for instance. Okay. Stray ions that are just floating around, and you may you may get hit by an ion. I an see. Ion. Okay, so an ion, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that's how it maps back. So, there are these things in space that are just moving around, and you need to be, if you're in the way, you need to be hardened to that, or certainly understand the failure mode before you send it there. Wow, who'd have thunk? Yeah, we've had great success with that. 
So we're very proud of our results for that. And is it is one device compared to the next device going to have different performance based on that? And and what is the different? Why is it? If it is different, what would make it different? I would say if you buy a commercially available device of anything, mm -hmm. yes, that's that's the case. But if you right. buy a specifically radiation hardened part, right? No, we have to eliminate. So that you're variability okay up front. Right. We don't have a business. We're playing roulette. Right. Exactly. But is it intrinsically because of the way you built it? Is it the materials you used? What makes the cake taste good each time? Is it because you use good flour, good sugar, you know, all the precise recipe, or is it something else? No, we, we keep a very tight control. Firstly, there is a difference in the process, which I won't go into the detail. But right. There is a difference in the process that allows us to have this performance, which we, we worked very closely with EPC to develop. Mm -hmm. Then secondly, we do a lot, as I, as I said, of screening, a lot of testing. Mm -hmm. Right. Of, so we have a very, very tightly controlled process. And then... Not only do you have a tightly controlled process for the chips that come off the line, right. we then verify that with yep. all these screenings and conformance inspections and life tests. So, so are you going to be like Intel where you take the chips that are partially failed and just make it an I3 and an I5 and a nice different different clock frequencies? I don't know. I don't know. Well, but so, I mean, is there a market for your yeah, underperforming so, parts? Yeah, I mean, we, we convert them into commercial parts. Okay. Electrically, electrically they will be within spec. Mm -hmm. They won't even get that far. So then people can use them for doing their tests, their engineering tests. On oh, I see. Breadboard I see. Good point. Tests. Yeah. So they can use that, and they don't have to go through all of the radiation. Right. They're, they're electrically, they will be the same. Right. It's just that they I see. as rugged. So have there been any, so let's get back to the entrepreneurial idea, the business idea. Again, you know, when you wake up Monday morning, you're, you're not employed. You got to get up and do the work. Have there been any anecdotes you, you can think of that are like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Or, uh, uh, every day yeah. day, every <laughs> high is very high. Every yep. low is very low. Right. Because you know that nobody else is going to step in and, and solve it. Right. And that's the same, I imagine, in any business. Yes, any business. it is. And there's nowhere to hide. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's hide. true. You are, you are it. You know, and the buck stops with you. And that's that's the biggest, you know, if you work for somebody else, you can go out, you go to work, you come home. You yeah. Forget about it. Right. Until the following day. You know, we can't turn off. Right. Turn that's off. true. It's true, but it is fun. Oh, absolutely. It is very much fun. You know, it gives you a, a certain flexibility in life as well, I would say. Yeah, and it's, you know, what I find is it's the creativity that you're allowed to do, getting things to work. You know, it's it's complicated. It's 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 hard getting people to do what they're supposed to do. I imagine, so you've got not only the people part, but you've got the technology part. Yep. And, you know, we're in a, in a world where we do some creative work, but we make technology work. So we're not like inventing the computers, we're just making them work. And... You're inventing the computer as well as making it work, and you got to manage the people doing it. Exclusive power, power supply, yeah, exactly. Very cool. We've been talking with Simon Wainwright, president of Freebird Semiconductor. What's with the name? Oh, that's the, there are three different reasons, and depending on who you are, I give a different reason. Okay. So I'll go through each of them. All right. Please, nobody who's listening to this tell anybody else. Okay, no, no, no we won't. So, firstly, the three of us, the three founders, work at the same 
company and we left the company. So we were free birds. So we spread our wings. And All right. That's, that's one story. That's a good story. Okay. That's one of the versions. The second version is that a bird is a colloquialism in the space industry for a satellite. Okay. So it's a free bird. But they're certainly not free, though. (laughs) 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 That's right. So, yeah. So, so it's a bird. It's a colloquialism for a satellite. It's a bird. And then the third one is that you must have heard of Leonard Skinner. Yep. So, there you go. Well, no, what about we're, Leonard Skinner? We're, we're all from that. We're all okay, from that so era. you're fans of, we're of that song. Bar, we're in a bar in California, and actually we've got a company. Did the song come on the, uh, on the jukebox? Did it really? Freebird, yeah. Are you serious? So the, Oh, that's cool. But you'd be, you'd be surprised how how effective the name is. Because yeah. a lot of people associated with the song. Like, sure, yeah. And of course we're really cool guys. So when we talk that's to, right. talk to procurement guys. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That. So that's that's cool. But all three of the reasons I gave you really contributed to the name. Oh, that's cool. I would have I would have never imagined you could have gotten even the domain name nowadays. You know, there's so many that are taken. Yeah. But you were, you know, that's great. That uh, wants to be a semi <laughs> bird. <laughs> Fascinating. So yes, we're we're I'm sitting here with Simon Wainwright. Do you need a website that actually works and is easy to update? Save Your Labs is a Boston web services firm that cares for your business and your team. We solve problems so you can focus on what you do best. Just follow the link in the show notes and enter code WEB1 for more information. What would you say if you were talking to the technical person, say, hi, I'm Simon from Freebird, something that we do... You said GAN? We solve power management problems with emerging technologies such as gallium nitride. Well, so that's your elevator pitch. That is what we do. That's what we do? Okay. And is that what you tell non-technical people? I tell them that we're faster, smaller, better. Okay. We're even nice guys. We're even nice guys. Okay. (laughs) So is there anything you'd like to cover? Some specific things we haven't talked about that uh, you'd be interested in? Yeah, business Uh, or... I think I think it's just a great way of making a living where mm-hmm. fun. I think one of the if there are people out there debating whether to become entrepreneurs right. or not, then do it. Is, yeah, is the answer. But beware, you know, you're going to have stressful lives. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Has it's there easy. has there been a particular? Have you had any good mentors, people that you've gone to when you've been like, what do I do in this situation? Or have you been pretty much organic? much organic. Really? Like the three of us are really tight. And yep. we, you know, we shout at each other, but we hug each other. Yeah. You know? so yep. it's, it's, it's good to have that backup of your other two partners. Yep. Whichever of the three you are, yep. you always have the backup. Of That's true. That's a good point. So would you recommend that over going it alone? I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I've, I've done both. Uh-huh. They're both equally both equally as, as good. Or, or as difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. yeah it's not like it solves all your problems, having no, two other partners. Right. It doesn't solve all your problems. Sometimes it creates them, sometimes mm-hmm. it serves the work. Right, you know? exactly. So how many parts do you have, uh, model parts do you have, or your, what's your portfolio? So our portfolio, we have three main... Transistors. Product, well, no, three main product ranges. Oh, ranges, okay. So we have hermetically sealed parts. Ooh, in a Funkin' Wagnalls... <laughs> doorstep with <laughs> so hermetically sealed what is hermetically sealed so, everybody has heard that hermetically sealed who's hermy hermetic 
Yeah, and he steals them for you. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So we, we basically have a box, essentially that, a box uh-huh. that connects the chip inside. There are connections that come out through that box, and then we put a lid on the box, and nothing can get in or out of that. So we try and fill the box up with nitrogen. Okay. We close the box, and basically that is to protect the parts from moisture mm-hmm. when they're on the ground. Okay. Not, not when they're in space. The Interesting. Space is a vacuum. So uh-huh. There's no problem in space. But it's to protect the, the parts. If they go down to Florida and sit on a launch pad for a couple of weeks, right. humidity, it's to stop moisture getting in and Interesting. affecting the, the electrical parameters okay. of, the, of the parts. So that's the first thing, the hermetically sealed part. Okay. called the FBG okay. series. Then we have a even smaller version of that, which is called the FBA mm-hmm. series, the Diadapter series. So these are on a ceramic header, mm-hmm. but there's no box. So this is a smaller version. I see. Almost a chip scale okay. product. So how big is this physically? Is it a quarter of an inch, eighth of an inch? Oh, okay. You're a scientist. So the hermetically packaged part would be, a typical part would be 220 mils, so 0.22 inches by 0.15 inches. Okay. And that can conduct 30 amps. Wow. And not just like for a half a second. No, constantly. Constantly. Wow. How do you get the conductors to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm mean, coming down to this little tiny thing. No, it's, it's I mean, it's, everything's designed correctly right. to, to match that. So, that's, so 0.22 by 0.15 of an inch would be a, a 30 amp device. Okay. We can go smaller, we can go slightly larger. Okay. A 30 amp device is there. If we take that same chip onto the FDA series, which is the chip level mm-hmm. part, then we are looking at, now I already know this one in millimeters. Okay. Uh, 25.4 millimeters per inch. Okay, go ahead. So it's roughly four millimeters by one and a half millimeters. So a little bit smaller. So what's that? Yeah. Four twenty-fifths of an inch. Be two thirteenths, one one sixth of an inch. It's about a third of the the actual area. Yeah. Wow. Is same 30 amps or? Mm-hmm. Same, the same chip. Same chip. Interesting. Not in a box. It's sat on a platform. Okay. So really the differences between your products are the packaging. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a range of products that goes from 40 volts to 100 volts to 200 volts. And then we have a, a standalone product, which is 300 volts. I see. Oh, cool. Cool. the third product range that we have is a module. So we actually design circuits with our chips, the chip scale parts, mm-hmm. and we create functional building mm, cool. power supplies. So for the more technical listener, it's a, a half-bridge circuit okay. and a, a driver. Uh-huh. We're actually the first company in the world to actually supply gallium nitride drivers to wow. the gallium nitride switch, which is the 30 amp yeah. beastie on the, on the outputs. Very cool. So and you're building these, are these all built in Haverhill? Yep. or? Yep. Wow. Who would have thunk it? I mean, you know, in Haverhill, Massachusetts, we're doing such cutting-edge technology. That's really great. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So 
involved with a lot of very important companies and institutions as well. So. Excellent. Well, you'll have all the contact information for Simon and his team in our show notes, his website. And if we could get some maybe pictures of some of the, uh, the technology that would be interesting for the listeners to see, um, that would be really cool because I think it'd be neat you know, if, if you're interested in this or if you know somebody who's interested in this kind of technology, just to look at that and see what it's doing and what it replaces. So we can have that as well. But anyway, well, thank you very much for your, your time, and we really appreciate you coming in and hope to talk to you next time. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. You just listened to part three of our interview with Simon The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.